Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ right here in Omaha, Nebraska. And it's great to be back with all of our listeners again today. To open up God's Word again and study a little bit further, learn a little bit more, dig a little bit deeper, and grow in our faith. Because as we keep emphasizing, God's Word tells us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. We're thankful that we can be here with you each day here on Search the Scriptures and help you grow in your faith, help you come to understand God's Word more fully and more in depth. We do exactly that on this program. Search the Scriptures, ah, we do that. We dig deep, we look at God's Word in detail, but we try to explain it in a way that's easy to understand so that you can understand fully and make the proper applications to your life, thereby growing in your faith. We encourage you, tell other other people you know about the program, encourage them to come and listen with us each day right here on Search the Scriptures. Now, we know that some people, though, their work schedules or other activity schedules will not allow them to be able to tune in at the prescribed times that the program is aired over the radio, but there is an option. So tell them to go to our website, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click in the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now, it's free. It always will be free. And when they sign up for our podcasting, and you can take advantage of this yourself, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their phone or their computer or whichever one they choose, this radio program each day, Monday through Friday. Search the scriptures. It'll automatically go to their smart device, and they can listen at their convenience. But they'll also receive a whole lot more Bible teaching every day. Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a daily, and we're talking about seven days a week, a short Bible study that we call today's Bible class. Now, that's only about 13 minutes long each day, but it keeps us in God's Word and thereby helps us again to stay strong in our faith, to stay focused on our relationship with God. So tell everybody you can, and take advantage of this yourself, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. If you're in the Omaha area, come and check us out in person. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. Our Bible classes begin at 9.30 each Sunday morning, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evening, we come back together each Sunday evening at 6 o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study. And then on Wednesday evenings... Middle of the week, good time to get our spiritual batteries recharged for the rest of the week. We come together each Wednesday evening at 6.30 for midweek Bible classes. And you are welcome for at, at any and all of these services. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street, just north of Maple at the top of the hill on 108th. We hope to see you soon. We're going to get back into our study, making the point, giving the charge, the encouragement, don't let the devil win. Don't let the devil win in your life. Now, we've talked about how he's real, he's powerful. Now, he's not more powerful than God, but he's powerful. But he's not so powerful that he can take you over against your will. 
No, the devil can't do that unless you allow him to. Now, somebody would say, well, I never let the devil take me over. Well, if you give in to his temptations and enter into sinfulness, you've let him win. You've let him take over. James writes in James chapter 1 about the process of how sin develops within a person's life. And that person makes his own choice to enter into that sinful practice, whatever it might be. And some cases, it might be a sinful lifestyle that goes on and on. In James chapter 1, beginning with verse 12, we read, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. And the idea there is, he endures it without giving in to it. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now understand, he endures temptation. He does not give in to it. He does not take up the sinful lifestyle, and so heaven will be his home. Verse 13 goes on and says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Now notice the process here of how sin develops within an individual's life. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, And when it is full grown, sin brings forth death. And that echoes what Paul wrote in Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. But the opposite of that is the rest of that verse. But but God offers us the gift of life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, God sent Jesus to pay the price for the guilt of our sins through his death on the cross. Jesus came as our Savior, and he is our only Savior. There is no other. We read in Acts 4 and verse 12, nor is there any other Savior. And let me read that exactly. Acts 2 and verse 12. I'm sorry, Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Oh, boy. Apologize. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And they're speaking of Jesus there. He is the only Savior. God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 and verse 8. Now, Jesus said, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. God wants us to be with him in heaven for eternity. He created us in his image, Genesis 1, verses 27 and 28, with a soul, a spiritual being within our physical being, and the soul is eternal. But he does not make us be obedient to him. Sin separates us from God, Isaiah 59 and verse 2. But God has made the way for us to be forgiven of our sins and to be with him in heaven for all of eternity. And that way is through Jesus Christ, the gospel message of salvation that he sent his son into this earth to present to humanity 
It's the same message that Jesus brought almost 2,000 years ago. If we will come to him in faithfulness, repenting of our sins, confessing our faith in him openly as God's Son and our Lord and Savior, and being baptized into him for the remission of our sins so that the blood that he shed on the cross could cleanse us of the guilt of our sins, Acts 2 and verse 38, Acts 22 and verse 16, so that we could be made new, raised with him to walk in newness of life, Romans 6, verses 3 through 6, then we will be forgiven. We will be redeemed. We will be saved. We will have that home in heaven. But we have to make up our minds. The devil cannot beat us if we refuse to let him by coming to Jesus as our Savior. James said, submit to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. But we have to make up our mind to come out of that sinful lifestyle. And so James goes on and says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We've got to make that life change. We read about that, and it, it, it begins with the making up of our mind. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven. I want to be in heaven forever with them. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 10. And if we will come to him in faithful obedience, then God offers us profound peace that passes understanding. Jesus himself in John chapter 14 and this was the night of his betrayal. The next day he'd be hanging on the cross, giving his life for us. But even at that point, Jesus told the apostles that he, he, was, he was going to leave them with peace. Notice the words that he used. John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. What assurance. He knew what was going to happen the next day. He would die physically on that cross. I think he knew that the apostles, when he was taken into captivity that very night in which he told them, peace I leave with you, he knew they would scatter. But they would come back together. And they would form the nucleus of gospel preachers who would go out and carry the message of forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ, the gospel message that Jesus brought from heaven. Jesus said, peace, I leave with you. Not the kind of peace this world is going to offer you, but a much more profound peace, an inner peace, a spiritual peace that comes only through me. In Philippians 4, and verse 7, the Apostle Paul talked about this peace. Philippians 4, and verse 7, and here we read, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope, hope. God offers us a peace that we cannot possibly get except from him through Jesus. He offers us a hope, a hope that this world does not offer because it only comes again from God through Jesus. And we go back to that familiar verse of Scripture. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6 and verse 23. But the devil wants to rob you of that peace. He wants to take away your hope by leading you into a life of sin that, as we said, will separate you, alienate you from God, Isaiah 59 and verse 2. And the result will be eternal condemnation in hell. When you think about that first man and that first woman that God created, Adam and Eve, and they were real. The Genesis creation account is real. And so God placed that first man and that woman in a garden that I believe we're to understand God prepared for them to sustain them in their physical lives. I think the closest thing, if not the very thing, that we can understand is paradise on earth. But the devil showed up in the scene. The scripture text seems to indicate pretty quickly in Genesis chapter 3. And so he began to tempt Eve to sin and thereby become disobedient to God. Or we might say he tempted Eve to be disobedient to God and thereby enter into sin. Either way you look at it, it's the same thing. Beginning with verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now this is the devil speaking in the form of a serpent. And so he asks a probing question. Has God given you all the fruit of all the trees of the garden in which he has placed you? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the, gar of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, and that would have been the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, going back to chapter 2 and verse 17, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, he deceived her and he outright lied to her. When he said, you shall not surely die, that was an outright lie. He tried to deceive her by making her think if she would eat of that fruit, she would become like God. Now, can you imagine what must have gone through her mind? I'll be like God? Really? 
But the devil only said, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. She did not know evil until that point. But she was about to know it. She was about to come face to face with it. Well, she already was face to face with it because the devil was standing there talking to her and tempting her. But she was about to come to its reality in her life, full blown. And so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, now that's the deception of the devil, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sold fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Everything changed when they disobeyed God and they ate that fruit that he told them, stay away from, don't even touch it. For in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. And when they ate the fruit of that tree, in disobedience to God, they became sinners and died spiritually. Because again, the wages of sin is death. And they would no longer be able to eat of the tree of life in the garden and have their physical life sustained forever because God would remove them from the garden because of their sin. And so physical death also became a reality. The devil, he got to Eve. And through Eve, he got to Adam. And led them into sin. We still have the promise of peace through, from God through Christ. We have the promise of hope, eternal hope, in heaven from God through Christ. But just as the devil was attempting to rob Eve and Adam of the peace that God created them in and with, and the hope that he created them with as long as they would walk with him in faithfulness, the devil wanted to rob them of all of that. He wants to rob you of the peace that God offers Just don't let him do it. God sent his son to present to you the opportunity for that peace. Again, as we've already noted, a peace that is far, that far surpasses any peace this world would offer. A hope that nobody could offer you except Jesus Christ. Now, again, you have to make up your mind. Don't let the devil win. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 and 25, By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing or fleeting pleasures of sin. The devil, he was successful in making that forbidden fruit 
that he was tempting Eve to eat in disobedience to God, he was successful in making it look pleasant, look alluring. But its pleasures, as she must have bitten into it, I suspect she must have thought, this tastes good. But you see, all of a sudden the innocence was gone. They had been naked, but there was no shame because there was no sin in their lives. But now they recognized their nakedness in a new way. And they covered themselves up for shame because now they had become sinners. Satan robbed them of that peace. And he hoped that he would rob them of that hope. But I believe we're to understand that both Adam and Eve repented as the text of their lives goes on. Don't let the devil win in your life. Don't let him have his way with you. Don't let his deceitfulness lure you in to actions, practices, behaviors, a lifestyle that will lead you away from God and to eternal destruction in hell. Don't let the devil win. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, please help us. Please strengthen us against all the wiles of the devil. Help us to come to you through Jesus Christ and be strong in the Lord. Help us to dig into your word continually and become ever stronger in our faith and faithfulness. Help us to make the proper applications from your teachings into our lives and to walk with you in faithful obedience consistently throughout the rest of our lives. Please hold us close and guide us to always hold on to your hand so that we will be effective in defeating the devil in our lives. Help us to not let him win. Please, Father, we pray at this time, please forgive us of our sins and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.